0: hey it's angel your friendly neighborhood doula i am so excited to have you here on the birth cafe podcast here we'll talk about all things birth pregnancy and postpartum as a certified doula lactation counselor and perinatal educator i hope to provide you evidence-based information on interesting topics while also having fun and open conversations about the perinatal period this podcast is for birth professionals and parents alike. And I hope that you enjoy what you hear. So grab your favorite cup of tea or coffee, sit down, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Angel. Welcome back to the Birth Cafe. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Christina. Me and Christina had the pleasure of being in the same Birth Academy together, and she just has some very unique skills, and I can't wait till she tells us more about it. As you guys all know, you know, everything that we talk about here is always going to be unique and just kind of outside of the box. And actually, Christina has some skills that you wouldn't really think to use in birth and pregnancy, and she's here to talk about it. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Christina. How are you? Good. Doing well. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you kind of, you know, get into all of this? Yeah,
1: it's been a long process. So I've been interested in doula work since I was in high school, but just never took the plunge to get trained or start doing the work and ended up going to college for music therapy. So I have a bachelor's in music therapy and I've been working as a music therapist for three years now. And I'm just seeing a lot of parallels between doula work and music therapy and how music therapy can be worked, can be used in the birth worker world. And yeah, so now I took a doula training and getting more into the doula work. And I'm excited to bring the two together
0: that's so cool so tell me a little bit about what a music therapist does now i've heard of art therapy music Uh P is a little bit newer to me so why don't you kind of describe what all goes into that
1: yeah i think it's i think it's good to think about art therapy when you're thinking about music therapy because it's kind of taking the idea of art therapy anyway i'll get yeah so a music therapist is basically say that use music and music experience to work on non-musical goals with people. So you don't have to have any musical background or skills to be in music therapy. And sometimes people work on like motor goals or communication or emotional and mental health and developmental if you're working with kids and music therapists work kind of all over the place in schools and hospitals and prisons and nursing homes and rehab centers and some people have just their own private practice and they kind of do whatever they're passionate about doing whatever work they want to be doing and to become a music therapist somebody goes to college and you get a bachelor's degree and then you do a 1200 hour internship after college that's part of your degree so I did mine in a hospital, but some people do it. Schools, private practice, kind of wherever music therapists are working. And then you take a board certification exam, kind of like how nurses take a board exam. And then you're certified. And then you have to keep doing continuing education, keep yourself updated and make sure you're not just sticking with old ways. Music therapy is a relatively new field. So it started in the 1950s. And but. Back then it was just, I don't know. I think the first music therapy program might've been in the seventies. That might be wrong. I'm not sure, but pretty new. So it's changing all the time and new things are being researched and new strategies are coming about. So yeah, we have to keep, keep learning, not
0: just, yeah. That's pretty cool. So what does music therapy look like for someone? Like, what do you typically do in a session?
1: it really depends so i've been working in hospice care for the past year and a half and in those sessions lots of a lot of the time it's working on processing emotions sometimes we'll create legacy projects like i'll help them write a song and then we'll record it and then we'll put it on a cd and their family can keep that sometimes it's just they're bedridden, and they can't do a whole lot. And so if they can sing, we'll sing. And that's a good kind of leisure activity for them to do. And even just listening to music. Sometimes we'll do something called lyric analysis, where we're just listening to music, and then we use the lyrics kind of to jumpstart some conversation. So I might bring in songs that have to do with whatever the person has been talking about, or that they want to process, and then we'll use the song to start those conversations. And it makes it a little easier. I feel like for people are a little less intense, just because it's like, if they're not ready to really relate it to themselves, or just talk about their situation, we can talk about the song like we're we're talking about the song. And when they're ready, then we can relate it to them. And sometimes we'll rewrite the song and make it more of their story. So that's yeah, there's all kinds of things I'm trying to think of the best way to <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah, but that's then some, amazing. Yeah, some music therapists, like my friend, she works in a rehabilitation center and works with a lot of people who have brain injuries. And so they're doing, they're using different music experience and activities to regain motor skills and regain speech. And yeah, so there's there's different approaches to music therapy and some are really focused on the elements of the music. So like tempo and oh my goodness, now I got to think of all the elements. of the, Like, like the tempo of the music and the harmonic structure and all of that. And using that and adapting those to affect your brain in different ways. That's more of like a neurological approach. And then when you're working on more emotional goals and talking about the lyrics and writing songs. I think of that more of like the humanistic approach and yeah, there's a lot more than that, but lots of different ways to go about it.
0: That's really awesome. Really cool. So what inspired you to become a music therapist? Like, how did you, was it like in high school and you're just like, Oh, like, I love music and I didn't know that you could do this in therapy or was it kind of like you just came across it? So yeah. What inspired you? What gave you the idea to become
1: a music therapist yeah kind of what you said I I've been involved in music my whole life like I was the kid who joined chorus and band as soon as I could and then I was in like every music ensemble I could possibly be in and I didn't want to go to college and just like throw that out the window because that felt like such a core part of who I was and but I didn't want to perform at least not as a job and I didn't want to be a teacher, at least not in the public schools, and I actually didn't know about music therapy until I was a junior in high school, which I feel like that's pretty common. I hear that a lot. People are, like, people who are a music therapist now or know about it, they're kind of like, yeah, I found out kind of at the end of high school, and the only reason I learned about it is because my voice teacher, her friend, is a music therapist, and so she's like, oh, it sounds like this might be something good. you to check out so at the time i was looking at just going into a music program and kind of figuring it out and then i was also looking at nursing and so i felt like which i don't want to be in the medical field like yeah not in that way and so i I, totally feel that yeah those really felt right to me but i was just kind of like this kind of feels like the it's a direction that feels okay. And then I found out about music therapy. I was like, okay, this kind of brings the two things that I love together. I love music. And I think I wanted to do nursing because it was working with people and kind of working with people in vulnerable moments. And I don't think I knew it at the time, but I love psychology and music therapy brings together music and psychology and working with people. So
0: yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty awesome I know little known fact I actually played the flute in high school Oh, <laughs> well, nice. it was, yeah it was from like fourth grade until ninth grade I played the flute and I absolutely loved it like I was a proud <laughs> band nerd I wore the band shirts and everything and we I was lucky because I was in a really good school with really good music program so I I think doing music therapy is very very cool. So how do you use music therapy in pregnancy, birth and even in postpartum?
1: Yeah. So I do want to say before I get started that I'm just getting into this as far as bringing music therapy into the birthing world and it's already happening. It's not like a I'm not creating something new. So I know other doulas who are also music therapists. I know of like 5 in the country. So it's not a big thing but yeah i just want to say i'm not creating this this is something that's already happening i wanted to differentiate between using music therapeutically and music therapy and it sounds super similar <laughs> like you li- might be like why how is that even any different but so you can use music on your own People do that all the time, like to calm down or to get pumped up or process things. And that's using music therapeutically. And I like to think about physical therapy and kind of compare it to that. Like we can exercise and we move our bodies obviously on our own and we know what feels good to us, but then when we have something specific we want to work on, we go to physical therapy. And so music therapy is kind of the same way it's just a more specialized way of using music and a huge part of it is that client therapist relationship yeah that just changes everything like using music on your own you're not getting that back and forth and kind of having somebody reflect back to you what you're experiencing
0: and yeah yeah wanted to make that that comparison yeah that's a good comparison and distinction because now that you bring it up, you're right. When I work with clients, I'm like, oh yeah, create a birth playlist and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, that is kind of a comfort measure. It, it is kind of like a, a therapy yeah. therapeutic thing. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think people should use music anyway. That feels good to them. So, okay. Should get into music therapy in pregnancy, birth and postpartum. So, in pregnancy, a lot of it is things that we would do in sessions with anybody, but specifically, it's good to focus on decreasing stress and anxiety during pregnancy, especially if there's reasons that you might have more than, I guess, the typical person. In ways you can do that with music therapy, in sessions, you might do music and relaxation, and the music therapist will structure the music specifically for relaxation and the way that you like to relax and then song creation too so I think of song creation as a really good way to process emotions like just just how when just like journaling it helps to write things down and really just see your thoughts and be able to structure them and then the music just takes it to another level because then we can decide how do we want it to sound what parts feel like this and how can we bring that feeling out in the music and so it just brings that emotional processing to like a heightened level and let me look at this or it might be goal like if you're trying to move more during pregnancy or you just feel yeah, using instrumental play so like playing drums or dancing to the music or singing even is huge so singing can help strengthen your breathing, help make you feel like you are taking deeper breaths. And I know a lot of people, especially later on in pregnancy, feel like they're not getting those deep breaths. So every time you sing your, which this goes with relaxation too, but your inhale is a lot shorter than your exhale because you're taking a quick inhale and then you're singing a long phrase. And that's what we do when we meditate or we're doing breathing exercises to relax. it's usually breathe in for four and then breathe out for eight. It's typical the inhale is sh- shorter than the out the exhale, and that's what singing is, but you don't really feel like you're doing that. You don't have to think about it too much because you just have to to be able to sing. so usually using even just singing for relaxation and those breathing exercises and also during pregnancy you can use music therapy to help connect with the baby and not only the mom and the baby but also the partner can get involved and yeah i'm trying to think so like creating a lullaby we can work together to write a lullaby specifically for your baby and the partner can be involved and that's just a way that you can create a really intentional space to connect with them and express your hopes for them and And then you can use that lullaby after they're born too which is really cool kind of make it yeah you're making it as a song to them
0: and that's just a really really intimate thing to do yeah would you say that using music therapy for pregnancy would help with anxiety and pregnancy because i know that you know pregnancy comes with some fears and do you think music therapy would help that
1: yeah i definitely do there has been i feel like the studies that have been done have mostly focused on decreasing stress and anxiety using music therapy during pregnancy definitely
0: that's great i know that you know when we talk about like perinatal mental health one Mm -hmm. of the things that's not really talked about is the perinatal mood disorders that happen during pregnancy and so this could be a great and fabulous way to connect with your baby like you said you know, having that lullaby that they can mm-hmm. listen to while they're pregnant because babies can listen to music even yes. Outside yes. while they're like, you're pregnant. And so when you kind of bring that when they're born, and that's super soothing for them. But so it's a great mm-hmm. way to connect with your baby and to you know, release some of that anxiety and pregnancy so that if anyone is listening, and they're dealing with some anxiety, and you don't want to go like the normal route. So this could yeah. be
1: an alternative way for you yeah then birth, so going through each one of them. I feel like I could talk about this for a long time. yeah I'm um, at it. <laughs> yeah, so for birth, like you said, creating playlists, and that's something like you can do on your own, but if you want to do it a little bit more, if you want more help with it or you're just not sure where to start, it can help to work with music therapists and we're looking at things like like beats per minute. And what makes sen- What makes the most sense for a playlist when during labor you want really calm? Okay, how many beats per minute should we have for that? Or what musical elements are we looking for to put on that playlist? And then during transition and different times where you need a bit more upbeat and, yeah, you're needing something to pump you up a little bit or just something that makes you feel really good, then we're looking for different things for that and so there's actually a whole training called music therapy assisted childbirth and so i haven't taken that yet i'm planning on it i've taken the postpartum one but not this one and that goes through basically what i'm talking about different ways to use music therapy during birth so to actually use music therapy during birth you would have a music therapist there you can work with a music therapist beforehand and then use like the products of your session and the things that you learned. But for actually music therapy assisted childbirth, you have a music therapist there and we're doing things like music for relaxation and movement to music. And the thing that's so different between playing music and using that to move or to relax is that a music therapist is probably gonna be playing live music. And so we can adapt it in the moment like we can follow, if your partner's massaging you, we can follow their movements with the music. And syncing those two together is just, it's, oh my goodness, I can't think of how it's safe. Like your body's experiencing that rhythm tactfully. So through massage and then also auditorily and maybe even visually, if you're seeing the music therapist strum the guitar at the, the beat that they're rubbing your back. And so it just... That's called multimodal stimulation. So if you're getting different like oh stimuli. Different senses. Yeah. Your different senses are experiencing the same thing. So in that case, it's touch and sight and hearing that just brings that experience to a heightened level versus just the massage or just the music. And something that a lot of music therapists do is it's called entrainment. So we're matching, I mean that's entrainment, but a lot of times when we talk about entrainment we're talking about breathing and so matching the music to your breathing and say your midwife, likely midwife or your doc or nurse is saying, We need to slow your breathing. We need like let's try and slow it. As a music therapist, I can match the music to where your breathing is at the fast rate. And then our brains like to match what we hear on the outside and that makes us feel safe because we're like attuning to our environment so i'll match your breathing at the fast rate and then i'm going to gradually decrease my plan usually your breathing will also your breathing will follow the music and it will slow down so cool yeah so and i think breathing is such an important thing during labor
0: yeah and so i had I've been at birth and we have music playing and like the wrong song for the mood just plays on kind of kind of kills the mood a little bit uh-huh. so the fact that you can match the environment and then help the mom get to where she needs to be that is so yes. fantastic and so needed you're basically a music doula like that yeah, cool. yeah. That's, that's the term I'm <laughs> I'm coining right now I like that That's a good term. That is so cool. And I, uh, when I had my fifth daughter, she was an unmedicated birth. And one of the ways that I got through the like later active stage and transition, and she was a precipitous labor. So, precipitous for anyone who doesn't know what that is means that a a labor that happens under six hours, she was an hour and a half. But one of the things that I did was I started singing, and it was the craziest song. Like, I didn't plan for it, but it was the buckle my shoe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it has counting. I think that's probably why I used it. Uh, But I said, one, two, buckle my shoe. And I used that during my contractions. And it helped so much. Like, it really did. That
1: is something I was going to talk about. Like, creating chants or short little songs. Just that almost monotonous thing makes you feel safer and like i so something about music is that it's predictable so you know what's coming and if you're chanting you know what's coming again and again and again and that just creates a a sense of safety and singing also yeah,
0: yeah. and yeah sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead
1: when we're singing it tells our brain that everything's okay because our brains like you would be singing things weren't okay so it just calms everything down and sometimes just being prompted to sing even when you're like that that seems dumb i don't want to do that yeah it can kind of jump
0: start just bringing everything down yeah that's fabulous and yeah i feel like it comes into play with more intuitive birthing where we're listening to like you said, our environment and also being in more in tune with our body and things like that. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this is great. Yeah. And yeah, something
1: I didn't mention with birth is everything that I talked about the breathing, the safety, the connection. I didn't talk about that too much, but connection with your partner or whoever you have there, all of that is going to help with pain perception. So, I know that's a lot of people. That's something that they worry about is how much pain and discomfort you're going to be in. And music therapy
0: can have a big impact on that. Perfect. Perfect. So let's talk about postpartum. How do you use music yeah. therapy and postpartum?
1: Yeah, kind of similar to during pregnancy, at least in this way, is that we can work on anxiety and depression and the postpartum mood disorders through the relaxation and emotional processing. and increased connection with your loved ones not to say that it's gonna take it away and i can't diagnose as a music therapist so in that case music therapy would likely be more of a like additional therapy not music therapy typically doesn't replace like a talk therapist or counseling it it more is an add-on some cases people just like are like talk therapy doesn't work for me i only want to do music therapy and then So addressing postpartum mood disorders, and then something I learned about that I think is really cool, using music therapy to process the birth. So that might be through song creation or improvisation. So lots of times in music therapy, we'll just like, we'll almost set an intention before we start playing instruments and singing about kind of what the improvisation is going to be about, and then we just let it go where it's going to go, and and then so thinking about their birth story and their feelings behind that and using instrument playing and singing as a way to just like let that out however you want and feel it as much as you want and lots of times i'm sure people can relate to this when you're listening to music and especially when you're playing music emotions feel heightened usually like If you're feeling sad, a lot of times people listen to sad music because they're just like, I want to feel this as much as I can. And this is going to help me just like be here with it. So playing in that way is even more so because you're actively involved in creating the music that is expressing the emotion that you have. And then after the improvisation, we might, usually you would talk about kind of what they were thinking about when they were playing and what emotions came up and that can be like you could honestly just do that like every music therapy session for weeks and just see how it changes and yeah the processing your birth and you could even I don't know I think about this sometimes I go back and forth if I like this idea but some people will almost like rewrite their birth experience like if they felt like they had they just didn't have the experience that they wanted we might write a song that is about what they had hoped for. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's helpful just to, it just has somewhere to be. Like they just know that they can put that there in the song and they don't have to just hold that to themselves.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it comes to the type of music you use, is there a specific genre that you use? Do you see people use a variety of different genres or if it is it kind of like spontaneous?
1: I think it, so it really depends, again, usually it's what, whatever the person likes, or if we're working on, I don't know, really just whatever makes them feel a certain way, and that, yeah, I mean, sometimes, happy music, like, to me, happy music is, like, soft, soft, folky music, and other people might be like, that makes me sad, or that makes me, Yeah, that would make me sad. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my jam like this feels good so it really depends yeah, yeah. you never know and yeah I feel like yeah. I've written something else about that
0: yeah I, I I feel like my happy music is like punk rock <laughs> okay yeah like yeah let's let's get into the mood Let's get excited yeah then, like my sad music is like classical music okay like sadder tone I don't know I'm weird I like music all kinds of music I'll,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so it just changes cuz it's different for everybody and yeah, people's music preferences have so much behind them like what you grew up listening to and like what your culture is and what part of the world you live in and it just yeah, the as a music therapist you just adapt to whatever somebody's needing somebody likes
0: have you ever had to write a rap song I'm a, I would be a terrible <laughs> rapper but I'm, I'm just curious. I think I have oh my
1: goodness that might have been during my internship but I felt fine with it because I was just like playing the guitar in the background and I was like you go ahead like just go, like they were just rapping over top of it so it wasn't like yeah yeah oh
0: that's cool <laughs> that's pretty cool all right so music therapy We've mm-hmm. talked about mom, but can you yeah. use it for babies as well?
1: Yes, you definitely can. That's something I, yeah, I love working with little, little babies for music therapy. And okay, yeah. So you can use it kind of how I talked about with the different, we call them domains like movement, communication, social. So for infants, that would be bonding with whoever their caregiver is. And Especially for infants, for communication when you're singing to them. You know how people talk to babies in like a little baby voice a lot of times? So, music kind of just takes that and exaggerates it. So, people talk in a high voice and they're like elongating their vowels and talking slow. And that is super. People. I don't know. I used to be like, that's kind of weird. Like why do people talk like that to babies? And, but it really helps them learn language and it's slowing it down and making it more exaggerated. And so then in music therapy, you take that and you just exaggerate it in the music and you use the instruments, guitar, whatever you use to kind of back it up and make it even more exaggerated. And then another big thing with infants is regulation. So. Music is really interesting because it can stimulate you and soothe you at the same time. So for infants, the times that they're able to learn the most is when they're awake and they're calm. And so music can help them to stay awake, but also be calm. And that's something where it's really important, especially if you have a baby in the NICU or with developmental delays, that's not the word that I want to use, but any type of medical or yeah, having a music therapist can be really important because you don't want to use music that is overstimulating, that can be harmful. And so music therapists know how to introduce music gradually and looking for signs in the baby that they're overstimulated or something is just agitating them. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: I I had I so I had two NICU babies. And so I had two 31 weekers. Mm. I I definitely could see how that would be great for those kind of babies. Yeah. And that's a that's very unique and definitely not one I think anyone ever talks about. And, you know, and on this on this topic, Uh how do you feel about the sound like what do they call them? The music boxes or sound boxes that they had playing in babies' rooms. I I definitely have an opinion on it, but I want to hear yours first.
1: I think the best, so some, when I was doing my internship, we there was a NICU at the hospital and so we worked to, well, not me because I was the intern, but the music therapist there worked to make sure that the staff was talking to the music therapist about things like that, like how to use it in an effective and not harmful way. Because if you're just having music playing all the time, that can be overstimulating. And then it's not like a a new thing for learning, like the babies might get desensitized to it. You don't know what the family's music preferences are, like, are you playing music that is honoring their wants, what they want their baby to be around? And especially, yeah, especially in the NICU, like, music therapists were taught to introduce music so carefully to the babies that having just recorded music going all the time sounds like it could be harmful for sure
0: yeah and i was trained as a kangaroo which is they do advanced doula work in like kangaroo mother care and we do a lot of education on like premature babies and sick babies. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Niels Bergman, but he actually did a neurological test on babies with like white noise and like you know things like vacuums and stuff like that. Cause you probably have seen on like yeah. TikTok or Instagram or Facebook with people just turning on these blaring loud <laughs> and vacuums and white noises. And yeah. he found that babies were actually getting very stressed and scared listening to like the loud vacuums and white noise machines and things like that. Like they were showing stress signals in your brain.
1: It makes sense. Like they don't know what that is. And I think the idea behind it is lots of times, at least we think that womb sounds sound like that white noise, like the blood rushing in the, the body inside the womb is supposed to sound like that to the baby. So I think that's the idea behind it is that people think it'll be calming then yeah, that's where I think music therapists would be really helpful to come in, because we can assess, is it actually helpful? And in what ways is it helpful? And it's,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, and to be honest, like, I feel like the most soothing or soothing sound would be the voice of mom. And, mm-hmm. you know, being close to her and hearing her heartbeat, because that was really the things that baby was listening to is the heartbeat in mom's voice yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's something that I never got to do it at the hospital but I know with Nikki families music therapists will work with the parents and have them record them singing something and then even if they can't be there all the time like that you just can't it's impossible so then the music therapist can come in and use that recording with the baby so they're hearing their parents voice and
0: Do you have to be a good singer?
1: No, no, not at all. That's, oops, sorry, I hit my microphone. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because yeah, it doesn't matter. To the baby, if you're a good singer or not, like they just want to hear your voice.
0: Yeah, I definitely. Do. You know, I think I I definitely have heard that come up before. It's just like, well, I'm not a good singer. Why would they want to listen to that? And she's like, well, yeah, I don't think they care. No, they all- awesome. So you've talked a little bit about fathers, but how would you incorporate incorporate fathers when using music therapy, either at a birth or mm-hmm. postpartum, pregnancy, any of those situations?
1: Yeah. So postpartum with the bonding, I feel like that's something I've actually been thinking a lot about. I've been thinking, like when babies are first born, to me, I think a lot of times people aren't sure how to interact with them. And maybe specifically fathers are just kind of like, I can hold them. I don't know, they might just not know like what to do with them, like what's a meaningful thing they can do. So you can use music therapy and talk to a music therapist, and they'll give you very specific things you can do that are appropriate for a newborn or however old your baby is. And that can be a really good way for babies and fathers to bond. And that's something I didn't mention when we were just talking about babies, not specifically fathers. Sometimes music therapists work with adoptive families and give ways to increased bonding and yeah yeah and with moms with postpartum depression they can feel like they're not bonding with their babies and so music therapy techniques and activities can be really helpful to give them specific ways that they can work on that and just spend more time bonding as far as during the birth the fathers can get involved by so the music therapist meets with the mom before the birth which I would at least, I don't know if there's anybody that just shows up to the birth. I would want to know a bit before just showing up, but so the fathers can join in on some of those sessions and be aware of what techniques the mom is wanting to use and learning the breathing exercises with her and in the chance that we're creating. And so they can model that and even prompt that during birth and really just be a part of that experience because that can help increase feelings of connection and we know that feeling connected can help you feel safe and decrease pain and avoid stalled labor and all of that increase oxytocin and yeah so then dancing with the mom during birth and massaging and so being in the sessions or at least one of the sessions before birth and just learning how they can be involved during the birth and kind of what it's gonna look like with a music therapist there. Um, Could be a really impactful way that dads can be more involved.
0: Awesome. So do you find that there's any pushback from medical staff when using music therapy for clients?
1: So like, I'm just getting started,
0: like I said,
1: but I can relate it back to just my experience as a music therapist in general. Sometimes there's some pushback and I think usually it's lack of knowledge of like, why is there a music therapist here? Because in their head, it's kind of like, oh, you're kind of taking up space or like, why is someone just here playing music? That's weird. But at least in my experience, once they've seen a music therapist at work and seen the impact of that, then they're asking you to come. <laughs> like, I know during my internship, we would do a just called procedural support. And we would be with people while they got an IV or with kids while they got PICC lines, things like that. And afterwards, doctors would be like, we need to have you at every single one of these. Like the people are calmer and they just are able to focus on something else. And they report like higher, like a, a better experience and for hospitals and things like that. They love getting higher ratings and things like that. And yeah, so I think there can be pushback. Usually that's lack of knowledge. So that's part of what music therapists have to do is advocate for ourselves and for why we're there.
0: I can understand that for sure. It's definitely considered alternative. Although sometimes when it's a little different, there can be some questions. I noticed some of the hospitals are actually starting to incorporate music in like like the cafeterias or like when you first Mm -hmm. come in there's going to be someone like playing music or something like that so I definitely think that people are starting to realize how much of an impact music can have on patients so that's awesome and if there's any you know healthcare professional listening yeah like you know kind of taking that time to understand it and Mm -hmm. see how it could be useful for your patients that'd be awesome Okay, so we're coming to to a close. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about or add or anything like
1: that? I don't think so. I think just if you haven't heard of music therapy before, just have, I hope that now after listening to this, you might feel a little bit more open to it or just have a better understanding, but I'll just challenge you to have an open mind and Yeah, kind of look for what we talked about, how you're seeing that now, or maybe how you're experiencing music in a different way and thinking about different things when you're listening to
0: music. Yeah. That's awesome. And Christina is really cool. I'm pretty sure it was you who was like, yeah, if you need me to create an intro podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? You can do that? Like. Yeah, so music therapy is actually <laughs> really cool. She's like, Yeah, it'll match your voice and everything. And I'm like, Yeah, i yeah. gonna to pick you up on that. Yeah. So, where can we find you in the online space?
1: Right now, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Song Within Doula. And I'm working on a website. It's not quite up yet, but that'll be posted on my social media once it is. And I just announced that I'm starting a virtual virtual music group for kids from age 0 to 3 called Tiny Tunes and we're going to be starting our first one on October 21st and that is not a music therapy group so I could get into the difference between a music group and a music therapy group but but even it's not music therapy but it is led by a music therapist and so I'm keeping in mind developmental milestones and just what's appropriate for that age but the main focus of it is just to have fun and get together so yeah that's tiny tunes Yeah, you'll
0: have to yeah send me that link and i'll put it in the show notes that's really cool so yeah christina it's been such a pleasure like talking with you and you know learning more about music therapy and how it can it seems like helped us at any stage of life because you mm-hmm. talking about hospice and, and everything so from the beginning to the end it seems like music therapy is just a wonderful tool to you know have you know a healthier mental state and things like that so that's really yeah. awesome thank you for sharing thank you for being a part of this and thank sure. you for everyone who's listening today all of the links will be in the show notes and Christina gave me some wonderful resources that I will also add into the show notes for you guys to take a look at, as well as where you can find her online. So until next time, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed listening to the Birth Cafe podcast. Guess what? Our journey doesn't need to end here. If you would like to find out more information about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, head to my website you can also find more information on me and the things that i teach on facebook instagram and tiktok don't forget to hit that bell button if you want to get some alerts on new episode and if you really like what you're hearing give the podcast a five-star review are you trying to avoid a c-section guess what i have just the thing for you I have a quiz called how likely are you to avoid a c-section and in just two minutes you'll learn how likely you are to have a c-section and you'll also have some resources on how to improve your odds of avoiding a c-section and a few more goodies. If that's something that you're interested in and you want to take the quiz head to the show notes and take the